So, what were we going to talk about? We were going to say... is anywhere but here my name's maria my name's tom and we are two reluctant residents of greensboro north carolina who yeah. want to talk about it and want to talk about it with other reluctant residents of greensboro <laughs> and kind of explore our accidental love for the city yeah it'll be great i'm excited i'm very excited we're gonna have guests and then you and i are gonna talk for hours many many hours <laughs> so many hours we're looking forward to it this is natasha walker and you're listening to free pizza Free Pizza, your platform for creatives, and today we have an amazing guest, the Chris Facey. What's up, brother? What's going on, brother Daniel? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. You're a photojournalist in the Triangle, and there's a so many artists in the Triangle that I've interviewed and plan on interviewing right now, and I'm happy that you're part of that group. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, so you have a show up right now. Um, watch them jump. And we'll get to that at the end of this. Um, but okay. your work is so beautiful, and I'm so happy I found you. Through Jerrica, <laughs> even though you're already at it, man, went to your page. I was like, he's already following me. Like, why don't I know who this is yet? <laughs> oh, man. So, Chris, and you're freshly in Raleigh, right? Within a year. Yeah, I'm still here under a year. Well, it'll be a year the first of next month. Wow, that is crazy. Okay, okay, let's back up. So, let's see. Let's get back to where you're from and then and got us through how you found your way into the, the f- photography world. Oh, perfect. Well, originally, uh, born and raised in New York City, Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> if you know anything about Brooklyn, growing up in the '90s, early 2000s, it was a different, different area and at, um, at, a different experience. And at that time, nobody uh, was really—I didn't know anybody or anything about photography. But wow. but I was still in tune um, with the arts. I used to sketch a lot, draw like most of us, Dragon Ball Z characters, all types of, of anime things. Um, and my mom, my mom was real supportive in that. Now, you know, in hindsight, she was buying me sketchbooks and all these different type of pencils. Like I didn't know there was these different numbered pencils. Like, <laughs> but I knew when I was a kid. Um, my mom would buy. My mom works at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. She Your mom? For, what? Yeah, she worked there for a pretty long time. Um, and so we would visit the job my brothers and i when we go to the job to see and we all and we've all worked there well me and my older brother we've worked there when we were teenagers at the met yeah wow wow hold on it wasn't nothing crazy it was just like you know a little kiosk job my brother had a more uh i don't know how to really say it but he was he was doing maintenance and stuff you know so cleaning and fixing and all that type of stuff so his experience was different than mine i just worked at the kiosk and even in that um i was still flexing artistic muscle in the way that i was (laughs) drawing little sketches and things on the little bags, not knowing that the Met pays for them little bags. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm no longer working at the Met today. <laughs> they said, Chris has to go. <laughs> That's, but I, I I enjoyed my time there, you know, and like I said, you know, hindsight 2020, so seeing all of that kind of influenced me. But I've always been 
in, in the artist world. And then uh, when I think I had a teacher that told me one time about, you know, you know, art ain't gonna really do anything for me. I, I forget what grade it was. It was still grade school. And he was like, nobody's gonna hire you for this and that. And I, and I also wasn't seeing many jobs yeah. of, of people that were artists, especially any that looked like me. Mm, of uh, course. So I ended up getting into graffiti and that changed my life for the better and worse in some ways. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> you know, I just, I, it, it, for me, it was like a, a getaway of sorts because I'm, very analytical i'm always in my head yeah um and being able to be outside and you know only thing i had to worry about was police to be yeah. honest with you i didn't have to think about it. if i thought about anything else i'm slipping you know um and that was cool I, I made some great friends through that i met some amazing artists through that growing up um but after your third arrest you kind of like get tired of that yes i was gonna ask you if you ever been yeah yeah, yeah and the, the look of disappointment in your mother's face is a different type of disappointment at that point you're like all right i'm good i'm yep. good i ain't I ain't gonna do this. So then I got into um, doing, uh, you know, the, the what you call it, the post office label stickers. I started doing that, and I would trade stickers with other sticker artists. Oh wow! The world. When there was, this was early on, before it became a thing. Now this was like real early on. I had friends in like Belgium and London and stuff. We would just send stickers back and forth, fill them out, do collab pieces, mail them back out. There was a book one time going around, and we mailed to individual artists. Uh, like the book came, you do your piece, your character, whatever, and you send it up to the next address that they listed, and they do something, and it, you know, it was pretty fire. I don't know where it is right now. Whoa! But if anybody's listening, they got access to that book. Let me know, please. I want to see that book as well. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. So I it was, I was always, always a, uh, I guess, an artistic kid. Man, I was always into the arts, painting, drawing. Yeah. And they try and build stuff. Of course. <laughs> you know, stuff like that, man. That's crazy. So. What did your mom do at the Met? Just right quick. Oh, she worked and continues to still work at the bookstore. Okay. Um, there in the Met. Shout wow. out to you, mom, if you're listening. I love you. Yes, um, please. She, hopefully, hopefully you listen. <laughs> she's uh, she will. If, once I send her the link, she'll listen. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, she's worked there. She's like a top supervisor now. I think in that in that area, and she loves it. Anytime I go visit her, you know, like everybody has nothing but high praise for my mom i'm like is this not the same <laughs> it's like this is my mom we're talking about <laughs> yeah, i love it i'm proud of her though so i mean that that's what that's what it was but being able to go to the met just to visit my mom and then walk around the yeah. met you know all them years um to say that it didn't have an effect on me would be would be a lie you know i got to walk through the temple of Dender and all mm. these different other areas. And it's like, yo, I started knowing the Met like the back of my hand in certain ways. So yeah. I, well, anytime somebody said, Oh, we're gonna go to New York and visit the Met, I'm like, you're gonna need more than a day to see the whole thing. You, there's you no way your whole day to the Met. Like yep. it's the only way. But it it, it it was it was a really great experience. And um I look forward to actually exhibiting in the but Met. Say, that's what I was wondering. Yes. So she ain't got no pull on that, but <laughs> I would, I would still try to make that happen, and I want, I want her to be surprised. Actually, I don't want her to help. I don't want her to even know. I want her to like to just be walking into work one day, and there's a big day exhibition by Chris, Chris Basie. It's like gonna lose her shit. That's my, That's a, that would be a full circle moment, bro. That would be that would be so special, wouldn't it? Speak. Oh, talking about full circle moments. Let me share a full circle moment with you that happened in the last couple of years. Oh, so, let's go. There was a a picture. One of my uh, friends tagged me in on Instagram in like 2020 okay. and it was a photo by Shamel, uh, Jamel Shabazz 
Okay. It was a photo Whoa. he made of me and my daughter. Well, before I was into photography, uh, he made a photo of me and my daughter at Prospect Park. Uh, had took her fishing. Yeah. She had to be about two, maybe three. And I remember that I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. Like I said, I wasn't into photography at the time. I don't think I wasn't even in the army just yet. And he came over. Hey, brother, I never see young dads out here. You know, with they with their kids, especially out here with their kids fishing. You mind mm-hmm. if I get a photo? And he he took that photo. And then here it is, 2020 roll around, and I have my dad duty project that I was already doing, yes. photographing Black Father. So when they posted that photo, she tagged me in it. Um, I was like, hey, isn't this you? I was like, yeah, that definitely is me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I reached out to him, and he and I had a, like a like a two-hour-long conversation uh, on the phone talking about how things are full circle and yeah how everything is going right now and then we uh, i reached out to him last week to let him know um you know about my first exhibition and that i respect him and other photographers like him to kind of pave the way for me to be able to be in the position to be exhibiting this work you know um and we had another conversation like, oh you was in the army too and it, it was another like it was so crazy wow. to see that like i'm photographing fathers he photographed fathers he continues to photograph fathers. We, we care about the black experience. Like it was just, it's just like, you know, like the yeah. more things change, the more things stay the same. And it's just like I was like, yo, this is kind of like mind blowing for me, you know? Whoa! <laughs> and there's so many other photographers that I would love to to sit down and talk with ones that kind of like paved the way. Yeah. Oh my God, man. Like, yeah, it's it's almost the list is almost endless, honestly. <laughs> And I'm finding new ones every day that there's historical ones that existed. And I'm just like, bro, this world of photography world in itself is just so massive, mm-hmm. but it's mostly very inclusive, you know, um, which is, which is a beautiful thing. And um, I'm happy mm-hmm. to be in this is, is, you know, with you as well. So this is super dope. <laughs> yeah, bro. So let's go into it. So the photography come, obviously you went into more of the illustration graffiti style, but did photography come as you got before the army or in high school? Like when did that start? No, photography came in the army. In the after, army. In the army. Um, but before I joined, I have little flashbacks of this one time, and I don't know if this is maybe is a part of the story. I don't know. No, it but is. It is. My aunt had my aunt had got this Sony Cyber Shot. I remember when I was living with her, uh, she had got this Sony Cyber Shot, and I was so curious about what it was, you know. And she don't know the story, but I used to sneak into her room to play with the camera and then put it back and then get out. Like, we all knew how to break it to her room. It wasn't really locked. Sorry, Nita, I love you, but it wasn't really locked. Um, but I would go in there and mess with the camera um, and then take pictures, delete it, take pictures, delete it, and put it back. But I never knew, I don't think at that time it had an effect on me. It was just one of those things that was like my first time seeing one of these new cyber shot digital cameras. It was, it was a different experience. But fast forward, I'm in the Army, and at this time, you know, I, I was already into like most of the other stuff that people from my hood was into, you know, rapping. And then I stopped rapping to do poetry. Okay. Um, and for some reason, it wasn't coming out the way I needed it to come out. The army wasn't really providing me um, the time to have that outlet in a sense, you know, that's not a, it, it, it's, it's more than a job. It becomes a lifestyle. You yep. know, so finding the time to do any of that and performing it and pushing it, it just wasn't happening. So I needed another, I needed another creative outlet since we was always on go. And um, I came home on leave. I visited my best friend, and he told me how, how much money he spent with this photographer for, like, photos of his T-shirt line that he was trying to start. Mm-hmm. And me being ignorant about the craft, what? 
you pay how much? Or I could have did that. Ah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people that don't know nothing. Say yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And I was like, yo, I could have did that. Yo, I just, ah, he's like, yo, word, we could keep the money in the house. So he's with it. So he's like, you know what? Like, you could do the pictures there. Like, cool. I was like, yeah. He gave me, he gave me his mom's old camera. It was like a Fuji film. That's another full circle moment. He gave me his Fuji film, his mom's Fuji film. And it was like a, a maybe eight or it was less. I think it was less than 12 megapixel camera. Okay. It was, yeah. Zoom in and out lens, but I didn't know nothing about it. So I took it, came back to Fort Drum with it, right? I'm practicing in my room. I'm photographing different things. And <laughs> I'm like, yo, why my stuff don't look like what the stuff on the internet look like? Yeah. What's this, yeah. What's this blurry background stuff? Yep. And me being somebody that's so inquisitive about things, I'm looking into stuff, figuring it out. And that's when I came across, you know, interchangeable lenses. I'm like, oh, so that might be what. I got to do. And, you know, everybody say, get the 50, the nifty 50. So I'm thinking that's what I got to get. So I don't have to, I don't know if anybody know, but a private in the army, we're not getting paid no big bucks, bro. It's just, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's not happening. Uh, So I'm going around seeing if um, any of the soldiers where I stay at have a camera that they're not using, that I could buy from for a low price, whatever. Nobody has one. Nobody. Yeah. Once one soldier had one, but he wasn't selling it. He wasn't willing to work with me. Cool. I was like, yo, how am I going to get this camera? I went, I applied for a uh, a mili- uh, military star card, which is like, you know, military credit card of sorts. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, you know, black people with credit. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they're going to let me rock. Yeah. And I got approved. And I oh. was like, and I got approved for just enough to cover the camera, the lens, oh. and SD card. Oh, my God. Woo. Just enough. Um, and the plan was to use that, uh, do some gigs or whatever, if I could get any gigs to pay it off. Yeah. Um, so I got it. I got a Canon T something or other. At this time, my Instagram name was one shot from the Canon, you know, Lil Wayne. Okay. And Canon, Canon. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, you know, you know. Let's go. Um, and I was using that and it was working. It was people, it had a little following. People were seeing the work that I was doing. Like most people started off shooting little flowers and things just to get a feel for the camera um i started photographing portrait sessions of the other soldiers Dope. i started doing maternity shoots for the other soldiers wives and things of that nature little kid parties and stuff just getting the lay of the land and they paid me and before i knew it the camera was paid off yes was like six something or something like that five six something uh ended up getting paying that off and then i started for one one day randomly i just um i was doing self portraits in my room trying to test out these lights I brought. And I typed in black photographers. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I never typed it in before, or whatever it was, just black photographers. Or. Yes. <laughs> yes. My mind. Bro, Gordon Parks, Carrie Mae Weems, Dawood Bay. I'm like, what is this? I could do this. I don't have to. Because th- even once I started having more, I'm learning about photography. I'm I'm falling more in love with it. I'm still thinking it's just photography, just pictures of people or mm. products or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm seeing that, yo, I could tell whole stories. I could uh, uh, indulge myself yep. into something deeper than this. I could, you know, like, I was like, wow. So I'm going through it. And then uh, I just started taking my camera with me everywhere. Okay. Legends, uh meetings training exercises you name it i i started 
Taking Dino photos. And I had that camera on me, my little black low pro bag with me. Mm-hmm. And I had my, I was ready to go. And I started doing that. And the first non person involved photo, I guess you could call that I took uh, was downtown Watertown. It was in front of this bar. The wind blew this plastic bag. I was with my friend um, Ronald at the time. And I just took a picture of the flying Red. plastic bag. I was like, oh, all right. I don't, I don't know why I felt compelled to shoot that, but I shot it. Uh, and somebody was out, comes out the bar and they go, I hope that was a good picture you took. And I should look back like, <laughs> I hope so too, bro. <laughs> I have no idea. And then right. from that day on, that was just it. It was just everything. Was like I'm walking downtown areas and I still stay true to that now in the sense that when I go to a new place, I just stay in the downtown area and branch off from there. Yeah. Um, and that's how that started with that. I was just shooting everything, everything, everything. Like camera was always on, was going nowhere without the camera. Um, so when I when it came time to get out of the military, um, it was either go to school to be a dental hygienist mm-hmm. or go to school for photography. Yeah. SVA. Um, I had to have a real honest moment of truth with myself. One, I know I don't want to dig in people's mouths all day. <laughs> I know that. I know that for a fact. <laughs> and two, um, my daughters, I have two daughters. They're extremely intelligent, extremely creative. Um, and I also want to be a role model for them. Yes. I don't want to tell them they could be all they could be. And I didn't even attempt to try, you know, try to live out anything that I was passionate about. Yeah. I said, I'm just going to pick this school route. And I didn't need them to teach me how to use a camera. But they know they are working. The line that went for me, it said that the teachers here are working professionals. Oh, so y'all teach and y'all do. Yes. It's not one or the other. I was like, okay, let me look at it that way. I'm going to go in here and shake hands with these people, rub elbows with these people, and try to push what I can a little further. As to SVA, I went when I came home. Wow. That's crazy. SVA. So where is that? That's in New York City, the School of Visual Arts. Okay. Uh, they have a, they call it an urban campus. So it's a bunch of different buildings all over the east and west side of Manhattan. Wow. And did you go for journalism or did you go just for like a general photography? I went to get my uh, bachelor's in fine arts and photo and video. Okay. 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 Um, that was the program they had for photography. Um, and they had a lot of other programs, you know, animation. Yeah. Uh, graphic design. They got a, it's a, it's a whole art school. If you know how art schools work, it was that. It was just a more prestigious one. Apparently, they have a heavy name. Um, wow. So I was I was almost sometimes the only black kid in my classes. Okay. Uh, which is which kind story of funny about to say that that was probably uh yeah like you said a different story it was, but it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, but I went there and. Like, mind you, a lot of the other other students that are there, 19, 20, some of them just turned 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like 27, 28 at the time, really, yep. 27 going on 28 at the time. Uh, I, I already got kids. I lived a life. I served. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we don't we don't really have the same experiences. And the teachers, a lot of the professors that were, you know, that was really about the work, Notice that they seen like, oh, you really in here to you not here to play like you, you're your own here man with like, a purpose. Yeah, you know, so they had no problem. The ones that I thought were professional enough to help me or could help me, they had no problem helping me. Um, and we they helped me figure some stuff out and find ways to push it and try to push the photography and things to consider mentally. Um, 
and that I think I've, I have taken some of those things and applied it to my work and to my work ethic and stuff, but only from the very few professors that really gave you were, time were honest with me, you know, that yeah. were really true to the craft and I appreciate them for that. So, um, there was a lot of things I was photographing at SVA that just wasn't getting no love that as soon as I got my first publication, all of a sudden they love your boy. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's funny <laughs> so how that it works. Was, yeah. It, it was weird. Shout out to uh, Ann Weathersby. She, um, she seen I was making work early of the protest in 2020, me and my friend Wes, uh, we were doing work early. Like we were catching protests as early as like what February ish. Yes. Um, right before the pandemic hit. And so we got some work before that. And then when all of that took off, I already have had work from that. And I was already posting that because one, I'm a protester first, second, then I'm a photographer. You know, okay. I was going to these events yeah. for me and mine. And uh, just happened to have my camera with me as like I always do. And she seen these photos. She was like, yo, do you mind if I send these photos to somebody? No, not at all. Of course, of course. She sent them out to somebody and the magazine came out hey, we love you where we want to, this and that. I seen your work from Ann Weathersby and da 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 yeah. And from that, it was just like a trickle of things. It was just like, oh, I seen what you did in, in this. Do you have, boom, do you have, boom, do you have, you know what I mean? And wow. like, I was just like, yo, this is all new to me, but I was getting published. And um, and I, I looked at it in the sense of this is putting not only just my work on another platform, but it's also the community in which it's sharing the work, mm -hmm. get to see firsthand the black experience of what's going on here, like who's really on the ground because the news will tell you one thing versus yeah. what's really happening now. I don't got pepper spray, hit with bikes. Some of my friends already got pepper spray, hit with bikes, body slam, you know what I mean? From oh, by the police yeah, yeah. at these protests. Um, so that was what I guess needed to be told. And then it just became the thing to do, it seemed like. But um, it worked out for me in that sense. Even the beginning of the pandemic, my friend West and I, we were outside. This is the only, this is the first time in my life I've ever seen New York City empty. Wow. Yes. That was, I've saw photos Square. of that, of the streets being empty, Times Square and all that. And it was, just, it was mind blowing. It's like, I think it was on the cover of Time Magazine or something like that, where it was like just empty streets. And it was, it seemed like it was like post-apocalyptic, you know what I'm saying? Bro, I was out there and empty Brooklyn Bridge, empty Times Square, just polling places were just empty trains, empty. And this is probably going to sound crazy or maybe relatable to most people. The less people that were outside, the more comfortable I felt being out there. Like, there was no anxiety out there. There was no sense of urgency. Like I felt good. I feel like I'm one of those people that thrived in 2020 versus those who had to like, you know what I mean? Re, re, figure their whole lives around this yeah. point in time. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, it was very eye opening to me. It let me know that, yo, you are on the right path. You are, you, you, you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you asked for, you are receiving and you're making it happen, you know? So yeah, I just stayed true to the path and I've just been truly wholeheartedly surviving off of photography. Um, that's, that's a blessing. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. It ain't easy, I tell you, brother. You should know. You know. You know. I just transitioned to being full time like uh, like two months ago. So yeah, it's definitely a. I hate using the word grind, but it's yes, it's like it's it's, it's what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You just gotta work. Because <laughs> the the goods are damn good and the lows are pretty low. Yes. <laughs> your you know, your week's so. coming in with no no assignments. <laughs> you just like oh no. But yeah, yeah. wow. But so. And work is always more important in the end. I, I'm, I'm understanding 
really pushing that you know we don't make work for today it's for tomorrow yes you know so yeah it's, it's an investment in your future you just got to get there absolutely absolutely perfect it's a good words right there good words um so did you come out of sva as a photojournalist or did you just have a degree in the, Bf, the bfa or did you were you uh well while i while i was still a student in there that's when all of the photojournalism publication and stuff was happening while i was still in like my last year there gotcha um and that was where i found more so my my voice with the camera because sva was getting us to try different things you know you know try this studio photoshop do this you know some art kids taking photos of them in the nude and saying how vulnerable they are which i think is very cliche but i'm not gonna tell you not to shoot it right um and it was just like that just wasn't my thing i had some professors tell me i shouldn't photograph my family it's too easy um i had some photographers tell me i don't have to be the voice of black people like but these are all non-black professors wow. telling me this you know what i mean and it's like not that's what i've been drawn to i love photographing my family and other black families i like photographing that showing that like that love that that's i like the realness of photos since you can do so much i'm seeing these art students do so much digitally and post-production with stuff that you forget the reality of the image in the beginning you know yes. now if that's your thing that's your thing um but for me i want authenticity the work that blew my mind was gordon parks and roy de carava you know yeah. uh, w eugene smith all of these different photographers who worked in the reality of what you have in the frame and, and it caused me to feel a certain way it evoked some type of emotion in it whether you loved it or hated that's what i wanted to do i wanted right. to take you into the world of what's really happening what's really going on it might it might not always look pretty it might not always come and and mm. slide color, <laughs> slide film colors, and you <laughs> yes. know what I mean. It might it might be some raw, it might be gritty, it might be something that you don't want to look at. It's uncomfortable to look at, or maybe it's something you want to embrace, something that reminds you of your own family. That's what I wanted to do. I can word that now, but in school I couldn't articulate that. That right. was just I was only showing you the image, you know. Um, and they, a lot of people just really wasn't wasn't with it and i'm okay with that because like i said hindsight is 2020 i was introducing this work to people who just they didn't live the same lifestyle as me they didn't understand why it was you know they yes. don't think it's important to photograph their family because they don't think their family got any issues they don't think their family you know what i mean it's regular for them for me this is a prime example this is an experience like i see what's not shown and what is shown when it comes to you know the black experience so i wanted to be uh, I don't know. I just wanted to really just put a pen in that and leave yeah. my mark on the zeitgeist of our time as well as also show our black experience. Exactly. You know, you're kind of showing. Yeah. And that's kind of odd to me that professors and obviously you said there were, you know, not many black, white ones at the school would give you backlash on that. That <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of it's kind of odd to me. But, you know, it kind of shows that's kind of how, the, how the society is. You know what I'm saying? Um, Maybe he was doing me a favor. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I hold nothing against them um, because what had happened was supposed to happen. It could not have happened any other way. So yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And then you got published. I mean, then I bet. And as you said earlier, it was kind of like a wow. So now you mess with me. Now you now, now you now you fuck with me. You know That's what I'm saying? Cool. However you get to me, you get to me. But understand why I'm here. That's what I want you to take from it. Don't fall in love with me as the person. I just want you to love the work. I don't care if you know about me, the person. Right. How does the work make you feel? Well, how does the work pushing forward, pushing genres forward? Like, what am I leaving behind? What am I adding to this genre, to this craft? And what am I leaving behind when I'm dead and gone? You know? 
you're leaving a legacy and that's what we're all here for you know what i'm saying i think as most creators are like they want to leave a legacy behind after they're gone and you're already doing that so that's amazing mm, so you. so going through 2020 you were in new york and obviously mm-hmm. you captured a protest and all that so how are we because you've been full-time photographer since then right since after right after school more more so once i graduated okay. um it became more full-time um it wasn't that while i was still a student it wasn't full-time it was getting gigs when i can get gigs and I was still trying to fin- figure out how to make this a full-time yeah. thing, you know, um, and just told myself I had to have unwavering confidence. Yeah, that's in it. Myself, I just had to believe that this is going to work, that I am where I'm at for a reason, and boy, did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And were you still kind of capturing, like, I guess, family photos and maternity stuff and all that throughout that whole year? Oh, uh, it became 90% almost a hundred percent street and photojournalism. Yeah. 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 Um, because that's, that was my introduction, not really my initial introduction to the genre, but my introduction into really seeing where it can go. Like I've seen that it's being published and it's, I'm being published for things I would have already photographed for free because I felt the need to photograph it. Wow. Yeah. Anything I've ever got published in was something I already had. I was, I was already photographing. Um, minus the New York Times one, that was a different thing. But for all the other publications, it was really from people saying, you know, I like this work that you're doing right here. What else can we do with it? You know, shout out to the cut that they reached out to me and, and, and was like, yo, I like this double Dutch work that you're doing. And that I was like, yeah, I was already, already, already doing that. research coaches, teams, whoever I wanted to work with. And she was like, oh, well, do you know any other teams that should be like pretty? I could have did the assignment myself. No disrespect to her and all that, but she had the access and the pay to make it kind of happen. Why not get paid to do something I already was going to do for free, right? Wow. So when I told her I had all these names, all these coaches, all these teams, uh, she was like, "Yo, I love working with you. Like you already very thought out." Yeah, that was that discipline from the military. Yeah, that yeah, I need to have all the information. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to know who the, the the person to contact is. I need to know what's what. I need to know where I'm going. I need to recon the area. Like these type of stuff is what I'm putting in also into my craft. I'm just uh, the sum total of my life experiences, but in a camera. Wow. <laughs> so I'm doing I'm doing this, and it got me to photograph like four teams in one day and got to meet these different teams, which I made a connection with one of the, the coaches. Shout out to Jump Kids Health and Layla Little. I ended up uh, driving every weekend to Jersey to photograph them in the long haul, that one team and their training. Um, and it worked out because my daughter, I would have my daughter on the weekend and I got her into double. Dutch. Oh, that's and dope. He's on the team. And, and I'm so happy to say that even in this exhibition, I have a, a photo of my daughter on the wall. You know what I mean? And yes. the exhibition, like I'm more proud of that than the exhibition itself. Exactly. You know, so I was like, yo, it, it all came from me genuinely wanting to photograph this, this, this sport, this thing about jump rope, the nostalgia of it. So everything I've ever wanted to do from the heart, that's when they, I paid for. So like personal projects, I guess is a must. <laughs> that's very eye opening for a lot of creators listening to this show. Cause a lot of them wonder how to get paid to shooting and creating the work you actually like doing. Cause that seems like a, mm-hmm. it seems impossible. You know what I'm saying? But obviously hearing stories like yours is proven that it is possible <laughs> to, you know, stay on your path and, you know, create what you want to create. So for, for it to be, you said it's nostalgic for you. So did you grow up, you know, doing it yourself or were you involved in those communities? No, well, like I said, I'm, I'm a product of the nineties. Yeah. You know, yeah. and 
my sisters, cousin, the yep. other neighborhood kids, people would be out there. Most of the girls did jump rope. Um, most of the dudes played Skelly. Um, I miss Skelly. I want to play it now in my in my grown <laughs> age. But we used to play Skelly, and it it just seemed when I it was for it was a jump for justice event they had right outside of the Brooklyn Museum, and I was with my daughter, and we went. My daughter and, and, and my friend Wes and, and his brother, and we walked over there, and he'll tell you himself. Like when I pulled up, I was like, "Yo, there's something about this that I just got to photograph." Yeah. I said, I think I want to do a project on this. He was just like, do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got good friends in my corner. If it wasn't, if it wasn't something that they thought I was passionate about, they'd have just corrected me. They'd have, they'd have checked me. Yep. Uh, and I was like, yo, it's something about this. My daughter went, she jumped, and I'm looking at the look on her face, and I'm looking at the look on everybody, and it just, it took me back. It took me back to a time, you know, because then you started seeing the older people jump, and that was where you seen that where they got the skills from. Yeah. Like the older people were jumping. I was like, yo, I remember these. Like my sisters and cousins and them outside doing the back, uh, 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 doing leg cross, one leg, doing this crazy stuff. And it just took me back to that time. And I was like, that was a time when, you know, as a kid, you was more free. Yes. You, were, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was, a, it reminded me of a time of no responsibility, but most importantly, it reminded me of, of community at that point. But everybody's kids knew everybody's kids to come outside and y'all playing together in these 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 neighborhood games, and I was like, Yo, I need this. This is this is kind of gone right now because kids are all on their iPads, and so to see this right now was real cool. Like, and I just stuck with it, and I started learning more and more about competitive jump rope, and got to see like the type of effects it's having. How like, and and you watch, and I'm watching how um, these young girls go through this phase of like young black girlhood. Mm -hmm. And because they become like these tight knit group of friends, like they be shy day one, but by day three, day five, yep, they're homies. Y'all, y'all, uh, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, y'all believe in each other now, and you have. And Double Dutch is really about that teamwork, working together. That's that community I was looking for. Yes, yes, yes. You can't, you can't do it not communicating, not working together. Both the turners got to be on time with the. Jumper, they got to make sure to, you know what I mean? Like, it's a whole thing that the jumper can, they understand the count. They know what they got to do. Coordinate. Like, it's it's so fly being, you know, watching that, sitting back and, like, really seeing that. And yeah. it's like, oh, this is so fire. That's it. <laughs> this is so, this is what we need. This is what we need more of. And this has also come at a time when all of the, a lot of the images about uh, the, the black experience in the black community was like trauma porn in a sense. You know, it was about the, a lot of it, about the process, a lot of crying, which was still necessary to see, but... It was at this point almost every photographer was capturing just that on the front lines trying to just push that because they thought that was what needed to be sold um and i was like, i just want something different i don't want to i don't want to surround myself with this negative energy because i take that home all yeah. of that negative energy from them protests i took that home man it yeah. was really hard to go back through lightroom and you know what i mean relive like, those moments yo yeah that's a lot bro and i was like i just want something happy and that hit and i that, it just connected and i just stayed with it Bro, that's amazing, and it's cool because I'm reading about your on your about me. It's like how you capture the softness and you know the black communities, and I guess was that kind of part of it? Was what you meant by that? Yeah, the double yeah, Dutch like, and all. Yeah, let if you if you had to just be somebody that didn't know what was going on in the world, and you just looked at 2020, and tried to guess what 2020 was about, you would just think 2020 was black pain. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and. Not to say that that's not accurate, um, but there was also a lot of black love and a lot of black joy at the same time. It was a lot of black community, a lot of that coming together. Um, and people were people were, were, were working together in, in ways that I haven't seen 
prior to yeah. um, the protest and all that. You know, we had, as a community, we was fed up, and here we are in the streets in record numbers. Yes. You know, that's that's something to recognize, you know, but it wasn't all pain. It was people coming together, working together with different groups, a lot of dancing, a lot of love, a lot of hugs, you know, it was a lot of that there. Yeah. But a lot of that wasn't shown. It was always the tears and the screaming. And, and the, the violence. Blood. Yeah. Yes, I get the shock and awe of the photo. Why they want that newspaper to show the to show the grit of it all, but this 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 whole yep. other side of it that you're not showing, like how there are people coping through this through love, yes. through working together, through positive moments. So yeah. that's when I just started trying to make a difference in how I still could tell the same story, but just with different images. It's cool to have that balance, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said the media portrays black and brown people in all people of color as just a violent and this you know uncivilized whatever and it's cool to see mm-hmm. photos like that kind of bounce it all out to prove that narrative wrong so that, yeah, and that's what really pushes my pushes me to make the work i'm making because um you know you you know history man there was a time where we didn't control our image and yeah. when others controlled our image they depicted us in ways that kind of justified the mistreatment of black people in the world. You know, mm-hmm. they would photograph black men as big, brute, scary type of people to, oh, he's scared, you know, to justify like, <laughs> oh, you gotta treat him a certain way because he's a big brute. They would yeah. show him, they would show black people dumb as if, and we're some of the smartest people on this ever walking the earth. You understand? Yes. yes. But they portray you as dumb and you don't know anything, aloof and all of this. And they show women on, on welfare or looking crazy or big booties and 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 trying to like shame them for their body. But you know what I mean? Like just, just trying to justify all the mistreatment. It's like, yo, now we have the power to control our narrative. Like we are creators. We are the we are the image makers now. We are the visual storytellers now. Yeah. What will we do with our life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they can't put they can't nobody can use our image to portray something else. I would that's also where the birth of my dad duty project came from. You know, I yes. didn't see I didn't see a lot of billboards or posters of black fathers in the family even um the ad that did it for me was macy's macy's had an ad in i think 2017 for christmas and it showed like different families um and none of the families had your nuclear black family just black you know it wasn't a black dad a black mom with some beautiful black children they had every other combination but but just black yeah yeah they black they had they had a, a black woman with a white man. They had a white man with a black man. Like they had all these other different things. And it was just like, I'm a whole dad. My brother's a whole dad. I have friends who are whole fathers. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like you can't, like that hasn't been my experience. My dad was in the home. My, my Growing up, my friend's dad, few of us didn't have, you know, few of them didn't have their dads for whatever the reason was. Um, but his presence was, was there. Like, so yes, we knew there was a thing about deadbeats, but that also wasn't my direct experience. Yeah. Like I see more dads there than I seen not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, and I don't like what they're pushing. Like why there's no dad, even on the, one of the Pampers um, thing, I'm sure you, I don't know if you remember seeing that. Um, they had one where it was like the white, the white mom and white dad with the baby on the front of the Pampers. And then when it came to the black mom, it was just a black mom with the kid. Oh, wow. No I dad. did not see that. Yeah. But no, this is a thing. <laughs> and that's wow. when you don't control your image, you know, like this is that pushes those this propaganda, this agenda, this other agenda that they have. And I was like, yeah, I got to yeah, change I gotta that. Do something about that. So I started photographing my friend uh, Anthony. Shout out to him. 
I just sent him a print yesterday too. Um, him and his son Zion and showing this thing with them. And when I started showing it in class, I, that's when I knew I was on to something. I think like, oh, this is, oh, I like this. And I like how, you know, but yeah. I knew I was on to something because like you're so in love with this image because you're not used to seeing these type of images. That's, and that's what's kind of alarming to me is it's like, that's crazy. That's like, oh, wow, this is crazy. It's like, and I'm like you, I've seen most of my friends' dads and, you know, cousins and uncles, they're in their kids' lives. Like that's, me seeing that is not weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a different experience, you know, with, I guess mostly white professors and white classmates is like, oh wow, the media never shows this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And don't don't take it wrong. I'm not like the first photographer to do this by far. Right. Like right. I'm not. Um, but I, I'm not the first and I definitely won't be the last. I know a plethora of black photographers that are photographing fatherhood, you know? Um, it was just it's it, it's just that it's not about who did it, it's about who got it now. And at that moment I had it now and I still have it now. I still continue to photograph black dads when I'm out. And um, that's gonna, I think that's going to forever be yes. a project, not even a project, just something that has to have, that just has to be done. Um, and I, I do that, and I'm happy with the results, and I just want to keep going with that. And then that leads to other stuff like, oh, um, now I want to photograph these black dancers. And these, you know what I mean? Like how everything is leading into that because I'm, I'm studying. I don't like to get just to shoot for the sake of shooting, yeah. you know, like that's where I take photos and I'm a photographer makes the difference, you know? Um, So even with the black dancers, I'm working on putting a collection of photos together. um, Cause this actually, this school here, uh, Sally B. Howard in Wilson, North Carolina, beautiful, beautiful Afrocentric school of the science and arts. Um, I've been working with them for a few months and photographing their dances and their recitals and things. And, looking at these little beautiful black and brown children dance like this and Ooh. put so much passion into it. I said, yeah, I want to photograph this and I, I don't know what it's going to do, but I just want to, this is the same way I felt yeah. uh, about the jump rope. Yeah. And yeah. So I started looking into black dance and I'm hearing all these things about, you know, pretty much the, the trailblazers for uh, black women dancers, how some had to were told that they need to paint themselves white mm. or, you can't get in here because of the way your body, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, they pushed through, they persevered. It wasn't easy, but look what your hard work did. Look at these group of girls right here. Facts. Are doing this every day free, willy nilly because of the, with you, what you've paved the way for. Yeah. So I want to put a collection of photos together, you know, as an ode to them. Uh, and that's what it's for. It further pushes that, very those positive images yes um, yeah you know the like black experience. experience especially through the kids they the future the exactly they're growing they're gonna see these they're like yo i did do that yep that is possible you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. wow that is that's that's amazing and when did you start that project is that, is that this year it's it didn't even start out as a project i started photographing there in october october um, last year. Okay. in october i had got selected to shout out to d dwyer i got selected to do an artisan residency um, with Eyes on Main Street in Wilson, North Carolina. Dope. And I stayed out there for a month and worked on some work out there. And I seen that this school was there and I just emailed and reached out and was like, hey, my name is such and such and I'm here for the month and I'm doing this project with Eyes on Main Street, a familiar, organization that they're familiar with already. You know, they've been there for a while. And it was like, oh yeah, we'd love to have you. They see my work, I'm like, oh yeah, we definitely would love to have you. Yeah, so yeah. they come in and have like free reign of the access to the school for like, two three days i believe it was yeah 
um, and I got to you know know the teachers, know a few of the students, see how the school was ran, um, and then they reached back out at the top of the end. I was like, yo, we want you to kind of come in and just photograph our, the whole campaign yeah, moving forward for how we want to push the school. Yeah. What me? They was like, yeah, we love your work. We love what you stand for. We love everything that you know. We still using those photos you made in October to promote the school. Oh yeah, I'm here. I'll, I'm coming for that. Dope. Like, you don't got asked twice. Yeah. You know, like I'm here. So we set that up and we we made that happen. And I got to photograph the dancers, all the artists. Um, they, these are some. Um, every time I go there, I'm just like reignited with passion, and yes. because these kids are so amazing at this school in such a small town in in North Carolina, you're like, yo, why are you not more known? You know, like these kids are. They're polite. Yes. They are smart. They are athletic. They they're just amazing, and to see I'm standing there. Sometimes I can't even press the shutter because I'm standing there and like, yo, look at y'all. They're mesmerized, <laughs> mesmerized. Yo, look at y'all, and they and they're doing it effortlessly. I know they're trying hard, but they're doing it. But it's effortless. They make it look effortless. Yeah, jumps, these leaps, these the remembering words to songs, the tra- like they're ready. Yes. You no, know, like so. By the time if they want to go into show business, there's nothing nobody can tell them because they've done it. They they work at such a high level. It's like yo, they're ready for whatever you throw at them, and I love that. And they don't forget where they come from. That's the most important thing, right there. Oh, so I love every time I go to that school. I'm charged up. Yo, I'm so, I love that school, bro. I love that school. That is, I need to check that out, bro. I, love, I mean, I, I love dancing as of recent. I've interviewed dancers on the show uh, throughout the years, and I'm always just very intrigued by that culture. So I got to check that out. Yeah, and then all of that stuff leads to other things. I'm walking downtown Raleigh, and I'm seeing, shout out to the Raleigh Rockers crew. They they are, they do, um, I got to go see them today, too. They do break dancing at Moore Square Park Yes. every Wednesday. I just happen to be there one Wednesday. And I'm like, yo, you guys mind if I... Take some photos. I'm like, no, do your thing. And I'm taking photos or whatever. And I sent Brandon the, the link to the photo. And he was just like, yo, these are, these are dope, blah, 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 blah. And I just kept kept coming every week to photograph it. Because one, everybody know the history of, of breakdancing. Break don't let me remind you. You know, it, it's in, it started in New York. The inner city kids, if you want to say urban youth, however they want to PC it today. Yeah. Um, it's a us thing. It's a us thing. It's an us thing like hip hop that went worldwide. So now you have you got you have black dancers that's there on Wednesdays. You have some Asian dancers that's there. You even have some white dancers that's there. Like again, it's that's the black experience because look at the influence we have on the world, Bruh. You see, so I'm photographing that just off the rip of that. Like this is just an homage to something we created. Photographing, photographing, and that and that led to them being more consistent with me. They they. You know, they, they love, they get excited when they see me. I get excited when I see them because we know it's going to be a good move. It's going to be a good, a good, good collab. Time. Yeah. And they get the photos. They post them on the Instagram. I'm not charging them anything because, again, I do a lot of the stuff for the love. So they taking the photo, they're using they posting it, which ended up leading them to, you know, they say, yo, we having this event. We want you to be the photographer for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. I went for the love. They gave me some bread. Oh, they gave me some money. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yo, thank you. I appreciate it. I wasn't expecting it, but I appreciate it. Bruh. No problem. So we working this, we working this. Now I'm in talks with, hopefully it go through, with Red Bull to photograph the next BC1 cipher. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm hoping that that goes through. And I really would love for us to be able to work together. So I hope, hopefully we could get the, the monies right. Yes. Um, but um, if not, 
I'll probably still be there, but I won't be shooting for them. I'll still be doing it for me. And for you. The dancers and stuff involved. Uh, but it's like, that's how, it's just when you do what you set out to do, man, you get rewarded. And I look at it as like, man can award you, but the universe will reward you. Yes. But, you know, yeah, yeah, the men, they gave me money for yes. the event, but the opportunities that happen are coming from somewhere else. And that's way bigger. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's way bigger and it's way better and it has way more of an impact. And I'm like, yo, this is why. Like this is why I got to make sure. And you a creative. You know, some days when it's hard, you, it's hard to stay on path. But when yeah. you push through that barrier of resistance, it's like, oh, I'm glad I did because now look. You know, yes. like now look what look what happened if I gave up. This wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't have happened. And it all came. It all stemmed from me just loving this. Like going, going. Oh, this is a for the community. Let me pull up. Yeah, yo, that's amazing. I, to everyone, like, you don't always, money isn't the only currency, you know, when it comes to creating. Right. Everyone's so driven by green and money and all this, all that. And you're an example of doing something you love just for the love and, you said, being rewarded later on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In ways you don't really even predict. You know what I'm saying? That's, and, that's, and I'm looking, I've looked through these photos the other day, looking at them right now, your breakdancing photos and like, Unreal. <laughs> thank you, thank it is truly everyone listening to stop and go listen look into his in, on his your works page. Go to the breakdancing. Um insane work. And another point I want to come across, because I'm also a black and white photographer mostly, and I see that you are too, kind of for the most part. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why? The free piece of podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you. One, that was the images that I've seen that, you know, in my initial attempt to see black photographers, that's what I saw. Yeah. Um, and then as I looked into why it worked so well, um, I'm more emotion-based with my work. Yes. Um, and yes. I feel black and white conveys that the most. It, it's, it gets rid of all the distractions of everything else around you, but it makes you only focus on what you want them to focus on. Like, I want you to see this moment right here. I want you to see this moment between two individuals or more, or this one person really expressing themselves. I don't want you to get distracted by this red awning in the back or this yellow car in the back. I don't want none of that to take away from the image because although we don't, know that that's going to happen like know that off rip when we're photographing it in color that's just how the human brain works like oh what's this and what's that what's that it's so much stimulus i want to remove so much to make you focus on just this so that way you can feel something if i photograph something in color it's simply because it's about the color yeah it has to be about the color it has to mesh well it has to mean color color has to be the just you know what i mean um so i do do i do photograph in color uh but that's i can make it happen but my heart's really in and black and white because I like I said I'm so emotion um, based about the work and I want you to see that yeah yeah you explain that perfectly everyone always asks me that and it's hard to put into words sometimes but you know you're right it really brings you into the subject matter of the photograph and it's more bold and I think it just speaks louder than color mostly pretty much every single time so I definitely agree with that for sure mm-hmm. and I, you know if I go with outside and I have to mentally prepare to photograph in color or prepare to shoot in black and white because they're different in how you see the light and how you see things. Um, so if they've, it, beforehand, when I get to a place and it's like, all right, we look around, 
right? This, they have a, they have a, their, their country's flag here for this protest. Let's use a protest, for example, a rally. Those colors mean something, you know? So it's, I think it's important to focus on those colors. So now I have to focus a little bit extra on making sure that nothing else is distracting with, with this photo. But see, with black and white, I'm not looking at the flag per se. I already know what it means for me. I'm looking at how it's affecting you as a person. Yeah. So are you crying for your city? Are you smiling for your country? Are you, what is it about this moment that you want me to give a damn about? And I want to help you make other people give a damn about. Black and white does that for me. Not yeah. to say you can't do it in color. I know photographers who do. Just kudos to them. I wish them none but the best. But I'm talking about me. <laughs> Chris. I'm about Chris. <laughs> I, need, I need that black and white. And cause that's the work that drew me in. You know, Country yeah. Doctor by W. Eugene Smith. Beautiful collection of black and white photos. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could have did that in color, but that was what it was for me. Um, you know, the Fontanelles do Gordon Pauls work, black and white. Carrie Mae Williams Kitchen Table Series, yes. black and white. Like, I don't know if it would have hit the same if I was able to see a green tree in the background and the window. You know what I mean? Like, the, it was just that black and white that just it hits. It, it hits every single yeah, time. It did it for me. It made me give a damn. It made me look at photography different. Yeah, yeah. That's facts, and that goes. Out, I mean, yeah, go back to the roots of it. Everything was black and white, so you know, it makes more sense to me, at least. Yeah, that's perfect. Your and your approach to portraiture switch there because I think your portrait work is also very striking. Do you have a certain approach, or how do you go into doing portrait work? Um, it depends on what it is. Most of my portrait stuff is um based on me just being out. Yeah, in the street, interacting with people. Um, and that's my way of thanking them for giving me the time. I'm not going to take a portrait of you without, you know, at least learning something about you in our, in our interaction. Like, yeah, I went to school. I've done the studio stuff. I know how to do things really well with light. I'm, I know I don't show that, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to redo my website soon. That's what I'm in the process of. But I know how to do all that, but I love being able to meet people out, um, out where they're at in the environment they're in and just talk to them and, and have this genuine connection because then I get a better portrait. Um, and I also get information for their time and I always come back out give them a print and that's usually the approach like if they're sitting there chilling and there's something about them that draws me to photograph maybe I don't know it yet well I don't know what energy they're giving off it's a little it's a little a lot less about their outfits because that's too easy oh I like your outfit can I get a that's too easy for me like I'm not gonna get nothing out of you for that but if they're sitting there and I get a certain energy or they post it up in a way or something different I just go over to hey my name is such and such and I like the you know your energy right now do you mind if I get a photo of you and like what is, and they always ask what is it for yep. you know and you just got to know your why. And I tell them who I am, what I do. I show them my work. And they're like, oh, like, you the real deal. Like, <laughs> don't fo- don't let me take your photo because you think I'm the real deal. Like, I really don't worry. I really want to know about you. Like, yeah. what? how long have you lived here? Like, what? Do, how old are you? Have, what have you seen lately? What do you think are some changes that can happen? And I'm asking them these questions, not for me to run back and report to Instagram or whatever. It's for me to genuinely understand the town I'm in, where I'm at, and who I'm talking to. Yeah. And then when they see me next time, it's like, yo, you took the time. There's plenty of times I've sat spoken with people and I'm not making their, their portrait. Um, they just, they respect that. So the third time they'll see me, it's like, hey man, you can take my picture now. Or they got their friends, everybody posing up, yeah. you know? And I, I love that because it's, we're having the connection. We're building that community. It's not just, I'm getting something from you and you're getting nothing from me, like at all, you know? Yeah. That's usually the approach to the portraiture. The more studio-esque work is, it's really that. I usually just do light studies, man. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned <laughs> like, the self-portraits. Yeah. What else could I do with 
with these lights, how I could do something different, what hasn't been done. And I'm still working on that myself. So we're going to see. We're going to see. <laughs> well, it's definitely beautiful work. When, when did you come down to North Carolina? You said when? Yeah, and why? Uh, I came down here um, July of last year, 2021. Um, the nitty-gritty truth of it all is my daughter at the time, she, uh, she was 11 at the time, she had she and I had this conversation. And I, I don't even think she knows how much of a major influence she, she was for this. Um, she was 11, and she looked at me, and she said, Daddy, you're not happy here. Mm. This is my 11-year-old at the time, and there's grown folks that's around me that's not understanding that. Wow. Like, I was sad. I was not, I wasn't really doing good emotionally. I had a lot of personal family things going on. There's a lot of financial things going on. And, you know, my daughter, and I was still, you know, every weekend going to get my daughter. We went in the streets together. And we just sitting at home one day. I think we was playing the Switch or we was watching Harry Potter. It was one of the two we were doing. It was something we was doing. And she see me. I was still, I was working on the computer and we sitting here. And I guess she seen how frustrated I was getting about parking and the noise. And yes. She was just like, Daddy, you're not, you're not happy here. And that hit me. That hit me a little different. I said, no, nah, don't worry about it, baby. But that always played in my mind. And one day I just took the chance. I was like, yo, I got to move. I got to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I was talking to some of my close friends about it. They're like, yo, where would you go? Why would you? Like, North Carolina was like on a whim. Really? You know? Yeah, North Carolina was like on a whim. Like, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just know I wanted to get out of here. Florida was on the list. Texas was on the list. All these wild other places was on the list. And my aunt did tell me one time to think about North Carolina. But I didn't. I was i wasn't thinking about moving at the time it wasn't i was that's not where my mom was at and i was like you know what i looked online looking at the house the the apartments how much things are going to cost considerably cheaper than what i'm paying for in new york yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh i said yeah i'm just gonna go and um i looked for an apartment on there Whoop -whoop, found it did everything i had to do i saved up enough money in my savings i had to transfer from my savings to my checking you know what i mean kevin hart had hit it on the head I switched over so they could see I had the money, um, <laughs> and I got accepted and I moved. I had to. Um, nobody helped me move. I did everything by myself. I traveled twice from Brooklyn to here to move my things. Wow! Uh, wow! <laughs> yeah, to move my things to move down here. A lot of people were not happy about the move. Some people that I thought would be on my team or would understand were not happy about the move, um, and that's okay. Um, you know. It wasn't about them. It right. was a about me thing. And I moved down here because New York, I felt like I was surviving New York, not living in New York, you know? Yeah, that I've heard that and I've heard that a lot from friends who've moved yeah, there and back. It's not the same. Like New York, I get the awe of New York, but New York City is not the epicenter it once used to be. And the amount that you pay financially, mentally, spiritually, it's not worth it. Yes. For me, anyway, it's not worth it. Um, it's like designed for you to just work, be crazy. Look, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just You don't have a break. Um, so I wanted, I wanted peace. Um, I wanted a, a cheaper cost of living, and I also wanted parking. <laughs> I tell you the truth. And I also wanted parking, and uh, I moved down here. And I got a plethora of parking spots here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, my first, the first night here was a little weird because it was so quiet like i'm hearing crickets and things outside and yeah i'm used i've heard that before in the army but that's the army i've been home for some time and then so that night was a little weird then to wake up in the morning and the sun coming through the blinds and uh the birds chirping i was just like yo like this is what is this this is like <laughs> I, i'm not hearing sirens or 
or people yelling, you know, let me get a dollar. Like, I'm not hearing none of that outside my window like I did in, in Brooklyn. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is, this is, and it's been good. It's been adjustment. I'm still making the adjustment. Um, I, I'm a New Yorker born and bred, you know what I mean? So this is still a different, different thing for me. But different what pace. it has, what it has given me is it, it's given me the time to actually be able to sit um, with my thoughts and ideas and, and things that, and have to deal with it and find solutions for it. Where New York just provides so much stimulus and distractions for you to not have to do it. You figure if I work and I keep working, these problems will go away. But here allows you the time to like, yo, this is what's going on. Take a second. Yeah. Take a breathe. You know, figure out what it is you're trying to do and then move forward. And I'm finding the balance between being a New Yorker and Southern living. Yes. And um, yes, I don't think I've quite meshed it too well just yet, but I am, I do think I am doing a good job with doing that because my work ethic is the ethic of somebody from New York. But when it comes to the work, I'm definitely more patient, definitely taking more time, um, which I think is something that you have to embrace when you move down here to a place like this, where everything is about taking your time and not like slow, but like just if it's going to happen, it's supposed to happen. But when we do it, we're going to do it the right way. Like, it's going to be mm-hmm. an organic thing. And it's also not a dog-eat-dog world down here like it is. In New York. New York. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, there's photographers out here that I've met in this year that I've been here that welcomed me, seeing my face, seeing my work, respected the work. And if a situation come up, yo, I know a photographer that can X, Y, and Z, and it, they give them my name. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, just because of how I'm, how my work ethic and how I'm talking to people, how I'm meeting people, like New York, that wasn't that wasn't happening like that. It was like one person in the room. If there was one black person in the room, they want to be the only black person in the room. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I wasn't asking you to drag me in the room. Just leave the door cracked. Yeah, that's I'll it. I get in the room and. and the room myself just leave the door crack yeah <laughs> or give me the combo to the lock or something i'll figure the rest out right you know? right um but down here is not that you go and, and especially if you, and it's genuine support from a lot of these photographers and other creatives that i met down here it's like we'll go hang out we'll go get some coffee we'll just talk about it we'll walk around and, you know make photos uh talk go to each other's events and shows and, and it's true support and it's like man like i wasn't i wouldn't have got that i wouldn't have got my own solo exhibition in new york had i still stayed in new york yeah it took to come down here and offer something different to you know to the art scene here that was like you know what i like what you're doing i like what you're about this fits right in you're serious about it you know curators don't have no problem with meeting with you talking with you you know they're not busy busy like they are busy but if they respect you they're gonna oh you know what let's take the Let's sit down. Let's take the time. Like, yeah, yeah. That wasn't happening up there, bro. It just wasn't. Wow. And, and I don't know if it was any detriment to them or their own fault. It's just New York. I don't know if New York provided that New York lifestyle is, oh, you're not going to do it or you can't do it. Oh, I'm going to this person who's going to do it. Now, if they don't want to do it, it's, a, it's so many of you guys that can do it. I'm just like, nobody has a respect for the craft, I think, in that sense. It's just the who can get the job done right now. Yes. That's not. That's not always good. Yeah. And in, in my opinion, you know, and being down here, it offered that. So I get that. I'm getting true, genuine relationships with people. I'm getting peace and quiet. I'm getting parking. I'm getting good food, you know, like shout out Waffle House. I love Waffle House. Very good food here. <laughs> yes. Um, I get dinner in a movie at Waffle House. And it's just like, 
it's beautiful, bro. Like it's it's a really good thing. And I, I, and going back to us talking about full circle moments, uh, when I moved out here, I'm doing all of this black photographing a lot of things for Black History, the different cemeteries and things that's out here. And I was like, yo, I need to find out more about my own history. So I went, I bought the new Ancestry.com yeah. kit, bro. Family originated right from Henderson, North Carolina. Are bro. you serious? Yeah. Cool. And I've driven past there going to Soul City to photograph. So I went there. I stopped by there one week to go see my grandfather's grave. We couldn't find it. I think it was the one with the headstone fell down. But oh. so many other people of my family were, you know, were buried there. You know, according to the history that my, my uncle told me is that, you know, our family helped build the church that's there. We have like a family seal, like all these things that I didn't know. And that's all like from like my grandfather's side of the family. Like my grand my grandmother's side is from South Carolina, which I'm going to start you know, navigating that. She didn't stay there too, too long before she moved to New York. You know about the Great Migration and whatnot. Of course. And uh, it was just like, yo, that's that's kind of wild. You know what I mean? Like, that's wow. kind of wild. Like, how I ended up doing this reverse migration thing back to the land where yeah. my family is, is from, like, part of my bloodline is from. And it's it's been, like, eye-opening in that sense because it's like, I know I'm not the only one. You know, right. like that great migration was a thing that affected a lot of people in the black community. So now I'm exploring that with the camera. It's just things that's happened in my life that's just, you know, I think this is interesting and I know I'm not the only one. And it's also about this black experience. Let me let me learn more by diving into it with my camera. Without my camera, bro, I hate people. Yes. <laughs> he said without a camera, he hates people. I'm telling you, I don't want to talk to you. I'm a New Yorker through and through it. I'm, I'm minding my business, like, you mind boom. yours. Yes. Oh, but when I got that camera on me, oh yeah, now it's over. Yo, what you do? Oh, that's wild interesting. Can you tell me more? Can you explain that to me? Like, why is that something that you do? Why do you wake up every morning and do that? Like, what is, because now the camera is inviting me. It's a passport into people's lives. This is, yes. You know, like, this is my multiverse. Like, <laughs> how to figure out how people are operating, you know what I mean? Yeah. And without the camera, don't don't talk to me. But when that camera, I'm everybody's friend. Everyone. I'm everybody's friend. So if I see Chris <laughs> if I see Chris on the street without the camera, I ain't gonna talk to him. Listen, if I don't have it, other people start wearing it. Where's the camera at? Like, like yeah, you're right. Like, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. Went to the post office yesterday without my camera. I was like, yo, miss, can we hurry up? I gotta get back home. <laughs> I gotta get back home. I had to come home to get my camera to go grocery shop. I was like, yo, I gotta, I need that thing. Changes my whole mood. My whole mood with my camera. Yeah, it was different. It was different. She was being extra friendly that day. She's never that friendly. And you friendly on the day I don't have my camera. Oh, I can't do this. Because I would have made that photo already. <laughs> so that's, I, ain't, I ain't leaving that home. That's mad crazy. That's cool how you came down here not really knowing you know, anyone here and kind of getting your way into the community because now you're with the, is it the DAG? Mm-hmm, Durham Art Guild. Yeah, so tell us about that um, and how you got how you got involved. Uh, well, I had, they had an open call and I was looking for open calls and different things to put, put my work in, grants and things that I was applying for and then uh, they came up on the list. They had like a, a group juried uh, exhibition or whatever the case may be and I just submitted some work, some stuff in my, um, what did I show? Oh, I, I did. I shared a few double Dutch photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was up at the group show, and it was cool. It was well-received. And then they had another open call. It was like, hey, we're looking for proposals. You know, now all proposals get accepted, blah, 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 blah. But first and foremost, you have to be a member of the Durham Art Guild. It's just a, like a paid membership thing. Um, 
I was like, man, do I have the money? I don't even know if I got the money for this. I just screw it. Pay for the membership for the year. Um, put the proposal in. Cross my fingers. Yes. Um, so, and when I'm looking on the list, they, they have a lot of members. They yeah. have a lot of people that are supplying and getting things as well. That's been in the game way longer than me. Um, and I just let it go and just, I right, moved on to the next one. Didn't even think nothing about it. Then I get the email like, I right, these are the people that were selected. These are the open dot slots. Let us know which slots you want to be in. It's like, whoa. I like, I first off, I got you it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? To get my own exhibition. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, this got to be, this got to be worth it. You know? And then they had like a, you know, some positions changed, some people are leaving. Katie was is, is leaving to go do something else. Um, and it was like, all right, now I got to find out who the new person to contact to get the update on it. So I reached out to the new people. Shout out to Dara, Dara Baldwin. And she's been back and forth with me. Like, yeah, this is the days. This is the reception. This is how it's going down. And, and she met with me last week. We put the well, she put the work up, but I laid it out to where I wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, we've been communicating via text to see how we could, because I was I wasn't here this weekend, as you know. Yeah. So um, we was communicating about how to move stuff around and what we're gonna do. And it still hasn't hit me yet. So tomorrow I have to go to the VA. But uh, while I'm out there, I'm gonna, after that visit, I'm gonna go to. The gallery to see it myself with my own eyes yes uh see if that if that hits for me because this is this is um it's a big deal for me whether nobody shows up or not one person did have you ever said they went to go see it on the second and that they loved it and you know and i thank them for going I, I i gotta see it man i gotta see my work hanging up in a solo exhibition and i want to see how that how that affects me so i mean i know i'm gonna come back home and write about it you don't even gotta worry about that got to but, that is just like, I said it and it happened. You know, I remember the day I stumbled upon the them doing double dutch in front of the museum. I was like, yo, something about this. I want this on no gallery wall. This is something, this is worth it. And homies was like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. And they see me put the grind in and then here we are today, bro. Two years later, it's, it's on the wall. And that's like mind blowing to me, just that happening is mind blowing to me that's why i believe in manifestation and speaking truth to power and all that because i'm living proof of a lot of it exactly and i'm like yeah i'm gonna keep i'm on the right path what i'm doing is what i'm supposed to be doing and i'm i'm hoping for more i'm hoping for museums to reach that's out that's what i'm going to get done whoever man whatever museum, yep, whatever museum put this in there and have this thing printed Large. I don't care how how large you gonna get it. <laughs> Big as a wall. Print this thing. Yo, print this thing large and let me come in and talk to the people. Let let me let them know what my heart and mind is at with this and what I'm hoping to get from it, and help me put like my black people and black and brown people on the on a bigger platform. Like see us in our glory. Yes. You know, not all the, the BS. See us in our glory, and that's the next goal, man. I don't know what that looks like. But I know I'm I'm keep shooting, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna bro, keep shooting, man. That's so beautiful. And even and so the and what you're talking about is the um exhibition uh, has now. Where's it at? What's the girls' gallery location? It is at the Golden Belt Gallery in Durham, eight hundred Taylor Street, I believe. Eight hundred Taylor Street, and because I'm gonna go check it out Friday. All right. Yes, I know you're busy, but I'm gonna go see it Friday morning because I know they open at ten o'clock. 
Okay. I think it's from 10 to but 6. I might be able to go Friday too because without the gig that I did have, we had to reschedule. So I might be able to pull up. So I'll definitely let you know. Woo! When they jump, bruh. And, and you're still in Raleigh, obviously. And you're in you're Raleigh, Durham. Raleigh. You're in Raleigh. And you're still freelance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for, and I think it's crazy that you're able to move from New York and still maintain being freelance in a whole new community. So kind of tell us how your day-to-day goes and how it is being a full-time creative how do you uh, you have any routines you reach out to clients like how do you get work and all that okay well most importantly a lot of work they find a lot of people find me from yeah. however they found me instagram mostly uh some people have seen my website or whatever the case may be but i will say this is not easy this is not for the faint of heart <laughs> <laughs> this is not for the faint of heart um the goal is to try to convince people that you're doing something worthwhile for them to pay you you know exactly um so freelancing is not easy uh but what i do is a lot of it is admin work a lot of it is emails a lot of it is restructuring your your websites a lot of it is meeting with people a lot of it is just really trying cold cold emailing applying for grants applying for you know and anything um it's a lot of that and uh some days there's a drought there's the, your phones, your email, everything dry. Um, so you got to get creative. Like, what do you, what do you do about that? Yeah. And, you know, my mission is to make sure I make money off of photography. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. So I'll do, I'll do a couple of gigs here and there. If it do come up, you know, I photographed for the city of Raleigh twice. Nope. Uh, that would be in the hand. Some, a couple of events. Um, I've done some BTS work for some, for some people. Um, it's just, I, it's a lot. You just got to, stay in the game you got to f- figure it out i sell prints um i'm working on making a book book that's what i was gonna ask you yeah i'm working on making some zines i'm trying to do um a bunch of different things for a, a number of reasons one being to make some money so i can still continue to do my projects yeah um but secondly i think the work um lives longer and better received in a tangible form so books zines prints like that so i like to push those uh and also having a great great group of friends that you can talk to that you can vent to and they can vent to you about that's in the same boat like how are we going to do it and sharing ideas um that's that's invaluable mm. that's invaluable and that's a, that's been a major part of um surviving as a creative freelancer you know sometimes you don't want to do portraits but you're going to have to do a gig or two to get the money you need to get the gas to get to where you're trying to go to do the project that you really want to do so right. you know it's bittersweet it's bittersweet but I just enjoy being able to, you know, make the photos. So I'll do that, the gigs that I don't really want to do and get paid because I know it's going to lead to what I want to do. Exactly. So exactly. you got to try to stay in the game with that. You got to show you every day. I'm trying to find another way to like re reintroduce myself or rebrand myself in a way. Like I provide something definitely different than the next person or the next group of people or whatever. Um, you just got to stay in the game. It's really, it's really, it's really that. Ron, it's a little bit more than nine to five. It's yes. little, way more than a little nine to five, but I refuse to go to a nine to five. I refuse to have to clock in and clock out and ask somebody else for permission for my day off or can I, when can I, my lunch? I don't want to do that. Bruh. I don't want to do that. Um, I've, I've never liked that since, uh, since my first job. I've never liked that. Um, but this allows me that freedom because now I have to figure it out. Yes. And, and when you figure it out and, you start realizing like, yo, this knowledge that I'm acquiring on my own is helping me to figure out how to 
move through this stuff, talk with people, go to these meetings, go to these photo walks, go to these meetups. Um, again, like I said, cold emailing, like I'll email a curator, I'll email a director, I'll email another photographer. I'll, the worst you can do is either not respond back to the email. Like, mm-hmm. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I didn't have contact with you beforehand either. Yeah. But I'm going to try. You know what I mean? And then I talk with people that I, that I, the people that I have networked with and say, hey, what do you think about my portfolio? Do you, what do you think I can add to it? Do you think, is this hitting you in the way that I want it to? And they let me know wholeheartedly. That goes back to that good group of people that have a good network of friends and associates that can help you figure that out, give you a much more solid groundwork. And then you just do the rest. You know, a lot of it is coffee. A lot of it is coffee. It's how I get through the mornings to make sure I can get the work done. And the rest of it is just being in it to win it. Damn, dude. That's so inspiring because I just went I just went freelance two months ago. And literally, you have hit on most of my fears of the droughts and whatever. But you're so right about me taking these little jobs and making sure I don't go back to a 9 to 5. Cause, and I'm still part-time there, so I'm still... Not far off. Sorry, not I'm not out of it yet, but I'm on the way. And just this whole conversation just kind of like just blowing my mind a little bit. And I don't, I don't, I don't judge anybody that still want to have a full time job or a part time job and still do a craft. I get it. I get why. I understand all that. Do what you got to do. I just made a I made a goal to myself that this I want to break the mold of the starving artist. I want to break the mold of like I don't want to make all this money when I'm dead and gone. You know, why not give me get the get the, the money now and still be able to produce what I want to produce, how I want to produce it, in the capacity in which I want to produce it. Um, I want to have this to show why I'm alive to my kids. Like, yo, this is what your dad did. Um, and if you choose to go this route, here's here's some knowledge on how you can get it done. Maybe you're the one to push it forward. Maybe you're the one to change it for the better. But I want to show you, like, that starving artist is over with, bro. Yeah over with bro i'm not doing that i'm not doing that now i i make my work for the love i do but you're gonna have to pay me too this this is the world we live in I'm yes sorry. yes <laughs> it's the world we live in i can't keep giving you this great work and i don't i can't fund it like I, I need to get to these places yes i'm not asking you to give me money for me to ball out i just need gas money <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean especially I right now gas. you know what i'm saying i need these things to get to the stuff that y'all love me for yeah you know, and, and how? To, what's the best way to support that is, oh, he's having a print sale. Buy a print. Let's buy a print. Oh, if I can't afford a print, let me send it to somebody who does, who who's into buying prints. Oh, you got a book? Let me buy your book. Let me buy your zine. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the type. That's a different type of love. And I get that sometimes. I get people that, hey, let me just send something to your cash app because what you wrote with this post and what you said about that is, is a beautiful thing. And I love it. And I connect with it. I resonate with blah, 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 like whatever it is that they connected with the work. If it touched them, they want to help. And they always help me in ways. It's just like, yo, thank you. Because you don't, you never have to, you yeah. never have to give me your money. You never have to. Yes. But because you, because you did, don't think that it goes, you know, unnoticed. I right. appreciate every little bit from a $25 print to, Hey, let me just donate to, your cash app to whatever it is to just help me to keep this going. I love that. I love that because without the camera, that wouldn't have been happening. Yes. You know, without the community that wouldn't have happened. When when uh, when my uncle passed, we st- we didn't have any money in the family to bury him because we just had finished burying my grandmother. You know, it was oh, it was tight. And my cousin had made a uh GoFundMe thing for him and it wasn't really getting any traction. I said, well send me the link 
I'll see what I can do. And I posted it and less than 24 hours, we got the money we needed. To bury your... To to, to at least give my uncle a decent burial. Yes. You know, and that's... I can't put it, you know what I mean? Like, how do you... Yeah. You can't put that nowhere. Like, that's invaluable. Like, people see that now from people that respected me and respected the work that I've like what I've given them, they want to give me something back. Yeah. You no, know? and it was just like, thank you. Like that's what art does. That's what this is. I couldn't have done that being, I don't know, type doing nine to five at Walmart or something. Like that wasn't that wouldn't have happened. Nobody would have gave a damn about my my problems, you know? Yeah. But through this, they know what I'm going through. They see the work and it make them feel something or maybe they learn something. Whatever it is, that was their way of paying me back. Exactly. I want to continue to do that. Like, because again, that builds again that community. That's what it is. The big C word, man. Community. Build community. community. To have that. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen the greater outcomes of such a small, trivial thing as photography, that as some people would put it. That is, I mean, and deep down, people know that we are, we shape the world. You know what I'm saying? That's some. Every artist of every kind, you on the show, I've interviewed 170 artists pretty much on the show, and they all, artists, you wouldn't have any of this without art. You you just wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? So people know that, and they love to invest in it, and it keeps us going, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. It is. Hey, when you think about how the world is, it is. It's from artists. It's from creatives. The iPhone people running around with. It's all art. to draw that design and put it together. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? That's the art right there. Like, this is a thing, and... And you and you notice how important artists were when the pandemic originally first hit, when the whole world kind of just blew up and it was like, yo, what are we gonna do? I don't know what to do. The creatives thrive. Yeah. The creatives thrive. At one point I think we were the only ones really still eating. Yes. You know? In fact, we a lot of us ate better. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. And uh you realize, like, yeah, that's what happens when the world. See, when the world goes goes to hell, starts start blowing up, start going crazy. Poets write the best poems. Yes. Artists paint the best pictures. It's yes. just it's because now you're more in tune with what's going on around you because they took away the, the distractors, the blinders was was were off, you know. And you start people started seeing like, yo, if you're a creative, and even Dame Dash was saying, yo, if you're not a creative. Everybody's at home every if day. You're not creating something every day. Every to day. Show Yep. Are, that's a sitting audience. Like they're right there. They they're forced to sit there. You know what I mean? Like that was something that creatives hopped on and realized and thought about. Like, yo, like let me just see. Let me push this and then somebody said, I like that. I need that for the living room that I'm always sitting in. Okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Yes. We, we thrive. And then when the world kind of got back to place, you started seeing how the distractors go. But people went back with self-respect, is what a lot of people went back to the work. It's like, yo, I don't. There's some people that found their creative passions during the pandemic that were so gun ho for nine to fives. And then they going back to work. It's like, yo, no, I've made more painting this or sculpting that or, you know what I mean? Or, yes. Nah, nah, nah. You know what I mean? You're not going to just play me. So they had self-respect for them, their craft, and what they were willing to take and not willing to take. Yes. So here we are today. 110%, bro. It's crazy because... Like I say it's it's more of a self-respect thing. You people came out of the inter, the artists I interviewed during the pandemic. They were in a whole different mood. I mean, because everyone was eating. It was crazy how we was we 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 seemed to be way more just. Are you there? Are you there? Okay, there. Okay. Um, you froze for a second. Just if we felt way more valued, and this and this how it all that's how it should have been 
forever ago. You know what I'm saying? So it was that that was such a I mean, COVID was bad and good, probably mostly bad. But from an artist's view, it's just like, man, it opened eyes to a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because we brighten the we brighten the world. You know what I'm saying? You need us. You need us, man. Y'all hear that? Businesses, corporations, organizations. <laughs> Y'all need us. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, bro, my man, it was so. Uh, before we leave, um, where do you see yourself? I, I guess your end goal. Obviously, you want to be taking photos forever. But do you have a place you want to be? A place you want to visit? A place you want to end up? You want a studio one day? Like, what's your end goal? I would like a studio real quick, a little small little spot. To you know, just to have a separate place from home where I sleep to have some work, to, a place to get work done. Yeah. Um, but I want to, I want to visit some more, uh, some more con- different countries and things of that nature. I went to um, the Bahamas for the first time this weekend on the, on my first cruise. Yes, and, you like, did. Just seeing that clear Caribbean water was different, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bro, it was so different. It was so di- it did something to me. And like, this was a much needed, um, like getaway. Although, albeit short, it, I needed that to see. Yes. Like, you know, so I'm now I've got the little traveling bug a little bit. So I want to go to other places. I want to see other things. I want to photograph different communities and other areas. And um, I hope to just see my work on, on, on gallery walls. I hope to still influence people. I still hope um, that, you know, more, more, more importantly, I just want to make my kids proud. That's it. I, just want, I want them to know the sacrifices, you know, that that the dad is making is for a good, for a good reason so that they don't have to go through none of the things I've had to go through when trying to do self-discovery, figure myself out what I want to do, how I want to do it, why I want to do it. I want them to be able to feel free enough to be able to do that and to see that it's possible. You know, and, you know, I want them to know that it, it, it's for a reason. That this photography for me has to be a means to end. It has to be. It, it can't just be a hobby. It can't just be oh, just something that I like to do. Like, there's a responsibility with that camera. You can't just take pictures without taking it seriously. Right. You know, um, so that's what I'm hoping to do. Hoping, I don't know what other art, artistic endeavors I might go into, but I know photography is gonna is gonna is here to stay. Yes, and I'm glad I'm glad I got into it at the age I did. And you know, like that was it 25, I think, 24, 25. I got into it. Versus if if I had got into it at 13, who knows what I would have been. Exactly. You know, today. Um, but I want them to know that, like, I'm doing this so that y'all can see that it's possible and the sacrifices that I've made. Is for you to have this yeah. moment in time for you right now, so bruh. And if I can get it on museum walls, that'd be lit too. <laughs> the good thing is, Chris, is that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of museums, and I know for a fact <laughs> you're gonna be in a bunch of them, man. There's no way. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. That's the goal, man. <laughs> of course, of course. I just hope you give yourself. And I know you are very proud of where you come, but. I'm just looking back on your story and thinking about, man, what if you actually took that safe route of being a dental hygienist? You know what I'm saying? I'd have quit. <laughs> you probably would have been a photographer anyways. <laughs> who know, yo, who, I don't know, man. I don't know, bro. I, I have friends that are dental hygienists, and they're, like, always working. I mean, they, they get paid decent bread, but they always working and and. I don't know. You gotta take it to my mouth, bro. <laughs> That's I'm dying. Mouth, bro. People don't brush their teeth. They got ginger fighters. It's nasty in there, man. Oh my god. <laughs> it's nasty. I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I know. I wouldn't have been happy. 
uh, doing that. I would have eventually quit or would have gotten fired. I don't know. However it would have went, it would have went. But I wouldn't have been doing that for too long. Yeah, yeah, 110%. And I'm glad you stayed on your path. I hope people who are listening are very inspired by that. Uh, it was not too late. Because the point of this show is to, it's obviously for artists like us, but I want non-artists listening to this and like who are interested in the arts to see that there's different paths into the arts and to not be afraid. Because I'm just afraid to really dive into it. Um, and your story is a testament to, you know, to follow yeah, that yeah. failure, follow that fear. You know what I'm saying? We're all creatives. Just because you are creative and you creating this one thing, also keep in mind that your grind has to be creative as well. You got to think outside of the box on how to get your stuff out there. You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm putting all my all into this one product. So just like, take it. Like, I want y'all to, nah, it's, you got to get creative with the grind too, because a bunch of other creatives are doing the same thing. You got to find your purple elephant. Why do you stand out? Like, why is your, yeah. what is it about? What are you doing different? You know, like, what are you saying to these people when you meet them? Like, just, you know, you got to stay creative with the grind. It doesn't just stop with what you're creative and just stay creative with the grind. Have a creative mindset in all things. Like, find ways to make everything better. Bro, that is, that's amazing. That's a good way to end it. <laughs> Man, what a beautiful thing, man. Your exhibit up is up to June 26th? July 25th. July 25th. So it's up for the yeah. next month. Yeah, um, and they have the receptions on the third Fridays of each month. I think that is the 15th and the 17th. Okay, of July. Of, of, um, June of and June July. And July. Yeah, so the third Fridays, whatever the dates are for the third Fridays. Uh, those are going to be the receptions. I'm planning on being there for both of those receptions. I'll also be there in between those dates. If anybody want, wants to go and, and I can make it, I'm, I don't mind meeting them there. We can go through it if they got any questions. Um, but those reception dates are the days I, I intend to be there in case uh, any other curators or somebody want to come out and talk with me about the work, we can we can talk about the work. Yes, curators. Please come see Chris and hopefully get him to other galleries around the world. That's go i need the world to see this let's go when they jump i will be there friday i'm super excited to see it myself hopefully you can make watch, it watch them jump watch them jump well, okay yeah sorry watch them jump yes watch, watch them jump and when they jump watch them jump um I'll be on the reception dates i'll recite the poem that i made to go with this work um but we'll see on the reception dates yes yeah i'm trying to make it to the july reception and next week is a little tight for me but the july one i want to come but i'm going to come see it on friday hopefully you're available you say your shoot got canceled yeah yeah it got rescheduled so hopefully i can be there we can try to move some things around but i want to be there for that yeah yeah for sure we get some coffee or something like that beforehand and we'll see we'll see what our schedules align um but please um support chris he has prints on his site i looked at some myself that i'm probably gonna buy the um, especially one of the double dutch um where I you got a few more I'm adding up there soon, so stay tuned. Yes, that that toe touch <laughs> when I saw, I was like, well, this is crazy. Um, you have more prints coming up soon. Are you for hire right now? I am. I am. Okay, and you for travel, wherever? It depends on where we're traveling. Right now, I'm definitely available for traveling the Triangle. Okay. Um, I can travel to, uh, out of the States, too, but anybody hiring me for that, got to understand you got to pay for that travel. I drive. <laughs> so I charge for the gas mileage. 50 cents a mile, baby. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, please support Chris however you can. Come to the show. Um, is it free or do you to pay? No, it's free. Okay. It's, it's free. You have no it's excuses. Free. Come and see this. And take, take from it what you will. If you got any questions, I'm I'm not hard to reach. Instagram is probably the best way. 
uh, email is more guaranteed way because I'm always checking them emails. Yeah. But if you want a direct answer, DM is probably faster. Yes, Chris, from me, from my experience, Chris, you're very easy to reach. I was very happy about that. <laughs> and it's out here with the people. Chris, you're a beautiful person, man. I'm, I thank you so much for doing this. Um, your story is, is meaningful to me. Hopefully everyone listening will take something from it. You've done a lot, and you still have a long way to go, and I'm going to be here for you. So whatever you need from me, just please let me know. <laughs> um, I'm going to end the show, but stay on the line with me right quick, okay? The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles. Whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.